0: All right, it's another live episode of Locked On Pelicans. We do these every Thursday. Are the Pelicans not interested in Kevin Durant anymore? Plus, Devontae Graham arrested. Summer League starts. We've got the Zion extension. It's time to get your questions in and a live episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcast, and available on YouTube, where we are live. Still going to be doing these every Thursday at 6 p.m., unless there's a conflict or anything like that. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nolajake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Thursday, doing the live show. This Counts as the Friday show. So if you're listening on the podcast form or you're watching this a little bit later, again, every Thursday, 6 p.m. Central, we break it down here. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about the team, whether it's the draft, whether it's free agency, whether it's talking about the Zion extension. And yeah, a little bit on Kevin Durant, but we're not going to go too deep into that because I think we're all a little bit tired of that myself. Included And of course, this is your time to get your questions in. So whatever's on your mind, keep it respectful. A little bit classy, too. Put them in the comments there, and I'll be able to see that. Gerald Tate says, what up, Jake? Keep up the good work. Thank you. It's been a lot of fun this offseason, despite some of the kind of craziness we've had the past week or so on Twitter but we had Antonio Daniels on yesterday's show really kind of talking about that, handling all of that, I think getting everyone into a really good place. So let's let's start with the Zion extension. I don't know if y'all have any questions about that because it's rather straightforward, right? Five years, no player option. That's the story. That's the story, no player option. I don't think any sort of protections which haven't come out yet really matter because as I've been saying for the past like couple of weeks. That only matters if they plan on waiving him. That that ain't going to happen here. So you don't need to worry about that whatsoever. He's here for five more years after this year. So it's six years of team control. And Antonio echoed what I said, right? You're seeing a Zion Williamson 2.0. This is a Zion like we've never seen him before. A Zion that's bought in more so than he's ever been before. And I think that's a really big thing, right? Look, I stand by my reporting on him skipping workouts, falling asleep in film. You know, he didn't go to Portland with like the entirety of the team blessing. He just kind of went and did that and the team was like, okay, this works. But what's cool about this is it's turning a page, right? And even though if he did some negative things in the past, it doesn't matter anymore because he appears fully bought in, right? All of that stuff doesn't matter. It's kind of a a new page, a a new chapter of the book here. And he's doing and saying all of the right things. Actions and words. He's in New Orleans right now. He's working out with a personal trainer who's done wonders for him after we were all concerned about that in the beginning. And he looks like a different Zion than we've ever seen before. Taking the training, the conditioning, all of that seriously. This is how he levels up and becomes a better player. And you have to remember how amazing he was two years ago, right? And I think... With him bought into that, this team could be scary, as Willie Green says. Jacob Compton says, can you explain the part where if he gets all NBA, he immediately gets the 231 guaranteed? Yeah, it's called a Rose Rule deal. And without getting into certain, like, we don't need to get in some of the weeds on this. It's guaranteed at a minimum $191 million, $192, I forget, Oh, sorry, $190, let us call it that, right? And then it's 25% of the salary cap. He qualifies for 30% of the salary cap if he does one of three things or all of them. Wins MVP, wins defensive player of the year or makes an all NBA team first, second or third. It jumps from 25% to 30%. That's that's all it is. And so that's where it can go from the 190 something to the 1 uh, the 231. It's a 5% difference of the cap, Jeezy go hard. I see your question. We'll get to that one in the third segment when we touch on summer league. Here, guy incognito, what up, Jake? Hello, dude. So this is fun. Happy to have everyone in here. The n- the numbers look good. So again, keep putting your questions in here. I'll keep looking at them as we have a conversation about everything. But. Look, Zion Extension, if you haven't listened, I've got like three shows on it, right? The instant reaction to the Wode's tweet over the weekend. That was great. We love to see that kind of getting this deal done very early. I think the big thing with that was Shams tweeted it out Friday morning, right? And then it was about 30, and he said they're nearing a deal. And it was about 30 hours later when Wode basically said the deal was agreed to. They were not trying to trade Zion during that time for Kevin Durant. That was all overblown. It was just negotiating the deal and getting some of the specifics and hammering things out, and they didn't want to say anything fully until it was like, okay, yes, we are all happy with that. So that's what kind of caused that delay, but he was always going to be given a max. I don't think the Pelicans had any concept of trying to trade him for Kevin Durant or anything like that. And look, I don't really think they have much of an interest in trading for Kevin Durant. Right now, and I know y'all say you don't really want him. And I see a lot of people. John Evans says Bi the best on the team. Um, I saw someone in there, and I just lost it, but talking about how Bi was really big in terms of the culture. And I agree with all of that. Right? Bi is is really important to this team, to this roster. And I don't think the Pelicans really have any intention of including him. Did if they're having trade talks? Did his name come up? Yeah, but was that meaning he was really thrown in there? Or that was the Nets being like, we want him, right? He, Zion mentioned. Talking about the playoffs at his press conference yesterday of, well, you had CJ doing this and you had Brandon Ingram leading us. He knows how important Brandon Ingram is to the team. And then when you see, you know, if you're David Griffin, you're like, maybe we could get Kevin Durant. And look, Kevin Durant is a better player right now than Brandon Ingram is. Though there's a 10-year age gap and there's nothing to say that Brandon can get to Kevin Durant's level. Though I do think that's a little bit of a long shot. But he's so important to this team that you just don't do it probably. And so I wouldn't trade Brandon Ingram for Kevin Durant. And it doesn't sound like the Pelicans have any interest in trading for Kevin Durant either. And I think we can kind of start to put some of this to bed. The idea of him on this team is interesting, right? But you'd have to give up young guys. Herb Jones, Trey Murphy, you know, I probably wouldn't include Herb Jones in a deal. It doesn't sound like there's a big market for... Kevin Durant right now, or no one's really putting forth their best offer. So I wouldn't really put a lot of good stuff on the table and see if you can get them for cheap. If you can, then maybe you take the chance on that. I think the questions about him in the locker room stuff is a little overrated. I trust Willie Green on that. I trust the other guys on that, but I certainly get the reservations. And I I think it's also kind of more rewarding. It's not, I think I know it is. It's more rewarding to try and win a title with this group. And one of the things I also just want is to see how it works out. Like there's this kind of innate curiosity I have of, well, you add Zion to this team that was good last year. What is that like? I want to know. I want an answer to that question. And you're not going to get that if you trade for Kevin Durant. Uh, Jake Warden says, good name, by the way, Brandon Ingram almost became underrated after his performance in the playoffs. Three straight games with 30 points is actually really impressive, particularly because the Phoenix Suns were just cl- keen in on him. Right. They were they were just thrown two at him every single time and he was still going out and scoring. And I think that's tells you a lot about him. And again, the leadership and just kind of what this team is, that's. That's what you want to see from a leader like that. And I want to see what this team looks like going forward. So coming up here next, we'll answer your questions. I saw one about the jerseys. Maybe I'll hint at something more with that. I don't know when that is going to get announced either, to be honest with you. It might be during the season, um, given what they are. But maybe I can hint at something with that. Let's talk a little bit about Devontae Graham. He did break his finger, as his comfortable view says. Um, he broke his finger. That was though in the final game. That wasn't like he was dealing with that all series, right? Or maybe it was in game five out of six, but it, was, it wasn't it was the whole series. And it was more towards the end, I think, if I can remember that correctly. So I think when you, when you look at everything, no, there's a reason they're not putting Brandon Ingram on the table in a Kevin Durant trade. And look, nor, nor should they right now, to be perfectly honest. I like this team. I want to see what happens. And there's something to be said for just like rooting for the homegrown talent, the people you've developed. And that's what Brandon Ingram is, right? Drafted by the Lakers, played his first three three years there. But he's homegrown here in New Orleans. He became a super, not he's not a superstar. He became an all-star here, right? He became a fringe all-NBA guy here in New Orleans. His game blossomed in New Orleans. I think it is... You know, kind of fair to call him a homegrown guy. Kerry says definitely Mardi Gras jerseys related then, though. No, not Mardi Gras jerseys. Um, They're going to have something like that, right? We all have seen the leaks on that. I'm talking about something you haven't seen anything of just yet. All right, coming up, let's talk to Vontae Graham, getting a DUI. How does that impact things? Let's talk about that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before I do that though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Truebill. Do you know why free trials were new without your consent? It's a business scam that's out to get you. So don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions today. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. And on average, Truebill can save up uh, can save you up to $720 a year. Uh, companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly easy. Just link your accounts and Truebill is gonna cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. They do the work for you. You don't have to go through like hoops, clicking on things and clicking on things and maybe you give up and now you just got hit for 1099 again or whatever it is. You also have the Truebill concierge that's there to cancel unwanted subscriptions and get better deals on your behalf, right? I love that they're saving you money and not having scams take money out of your bank account. They've got over 2 million users and have helped save them over $100 million. Matthew B says, in a matter of seconds, I saved $660 for the year on my DirecTV bill, saved $120 on my SiriusXM bill, and saved $840 a year on my car insurance. That's a lot of money saved with Truebill. So don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com/slash/lockedonnba. Go right now. truebillcom slash NBA could save you thousands a year. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about this team. We are having so much fun with the Pelicans right now, and I absolutely love it. I know y'all love it as well. So let's keep the train going here. We're having a lot of fun with the team. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe on YouTube. We just got over 5,000 subscribers. Thank you all. That is an insane number, right? I always say you guys are putting kind of the NBA and the league on notice. This is a small market. It's one of the two smallest in the league. And Lockdown Pelicans, not to like brag about the numbers because this is all you and not me, regularly outpunches your weight here. Being a top 10 podcast you know, show for the NBA on the Lockdown Network. That's insane, right? Beating out bigger markets. That's a credit to you all and your passion around this Pelicans team. So subscribe, tell a friend about the show. And of course, number one thing you do, and it's easy. Just comment down below on YouTube, like you're all doing in the chat here and every day on the show out there. It's like the easiest thing you can do, and it helps support the show, keeps it free in five days a week. And again, keeps putting the NBA on notice too. So let's talk about Devontae Graham. Saw the news about the DUI. Three they arrested him at 3 a.m. driving. We don't really have more details than that. The number one thing I keep people see that I see people asking me today about this, right? Is you know, are they gonna waive him? Is there going to be a suspension? Is there going to, like, how does basically this get him off the roster quicker, right? And first and foremost, like, I I don't love jumping to that immediately because this sucks, right? Don't drink and drive. Don't put your life or other people's lives in danger. That's an awful thing to be able to do. I don't want to sound preachy here, but like, come on. And, you know, it doesn't sound like this is a repeat thing. He made a mistake. He could be redeemed from this. But it also doesn't mean his NBA career is going to end. This is not something that is say uncommon in the NBA, right? This is something that happens. They're not going to waive him. It's not going to void his salary or anything like that. There will probably be some sort of small suspension under five games, likely two games. This happened to Jarrett Jack a number of years ago in New Orleans, right? He was suspended for the first two games of the regular season after getting a DUI. And that was that. Then he played, sorry, DWI. I'm using those interchangeably, but yes, there is a difference. Thank you, VP Chigra, here. So DWI, but still, you know, it's one of those things. Then there is a difference. I'm I was using them interchangeably, but you know, he it doesn't probably impact his trade value much. You know, that's the other thing I see people wondering about because look, if it's only a two game suspension, you're trading for him, you just deal with a two game suspension in an 82 game season, and who cares? Kind of at that point. The problem is his value is just not high and it's probably negative in a sense. So you're going to include picks or something like that, or he's part of a larger deal that brings down what you might get in return, but it shouldn't really impact his trade value much because trade value wasn't high to begin with. And I don't think a two game suspension, we'll see what this ends up being though, is going to change that all that much. He's still probably the number one guy to get traded. Certainly, him and Jackson Hayes, I think, are the two most likely guys to get traded. I talked in yesterday, the other sh- uh, show the other day, not yesterday, was two days ago, about how I don't think there's this, like, glut of guards that they have that other people are saying. And they definitely, if they trade Devontae Graham, need to try and get another guard, depending on how you feel about Dyson Daniels being able to play right away. You know, C.J. McCollum's going to start at guard. You know, you're going to have Herb Jones kind of start at guard, right? Like maybe, but he's he truly a guard. He's not kind of a facilitator or anything like that, right? He's not a point guard, not quite a shooting guard. He's more of a wing. You have Jose Alvarado, and seeing him succeed for Puerto Rico right now is a really important thing because they need him. Because your other guards are Devontae Graham and Kyra Lewis Jr., Kyra's not going to be ready till January, December. So he's going to miss the start of the regular season. And Devontae Graham was not a pure point guard. He's not a facilitator. and He's he's a subpar shooter. You probably need another guard here. So if you're sending out Devontae Graham, you want to bring someone back. And I think Dyson Daniels can contribute right away in some regard there. But I'm not sure they're going to throw him into that, into the fire right away. And I think they will bring him along slowly. So if they have... Devonte Graham on the roster on opening night. You know, once he gets past whatever the suspension might be, I think he'll probably play minutes over Dyson Daniels to start because they trust him a little bit more in that regard. But I wouldn't shock me if you see Dyson Daniels end up replacing him here. Um, Matthew Hemway says Devontae contract not expiring anytime soon after either. No, it's it's partial guarantee in the third year, right? I don't have the numbers in front of me. We can look that up, um, but. That, I think, makes him easier to move, that it's like kind of an expiring, even though if it fully isn't. So I think that makes him easier to move than some people might think. Aaron Woodward says, while we're talking about the guards, what do you think the Kyra situation is going to be like after this season? You know, depending on how healthy he is and how he looks and what his spot is, it's going to be kind of similar to Jackson Hayes, right? You know, and depending on who they add, if they add another guard to this team, and if Dyson Daniels is ready to contribute sooner rather than later. You know, we look at Jackson Hayes as like, okay, it's year four. You really haven't proven anything yet. You probably got to move him then because it doesn't seem like you want to give him a, a second contract and bring him back to the team. There's just nothing really there that you've seen from him. So that. Is probably, given that Kyra is going to have a bit of a wasted season this year, would be my guess, just coming back from that knee injury. And by the time he does come back and they bring him along slowly and not give him tons of minutes, what's his role? I don't know if we'll see him much this year, ultimately. And does that allow him to show off how good he could be if he is turning a corner? And I don't think he was before this injury. It probably means going into his fourth year in the league that he's kind of on the outs of the team. So I, I kind of find what could happen to him very similar to the way we're looking at Jackson Hayes right now. And look, there's flashes from Jackson Hayes that we like. But is it enough to pay him $10 million a year? Probably not. $8 million a year? Like, yeah, probably not, right? I don't know if he's necessarily earned that sort of contract. And given that the cap's going to go up a little bit, teams are going to have money. Does someone want to take a flyer on him? Or are you going to be able just to bring him back for cheap? And even if you could bring him back for cheap, do you want to? Do you want to commit that roster spot to him or maybe give someone else a try? And I think that's kind of similar to what you could see with Kyra Lewis Jr., coming up after this season. I don't know why everyone is talking about... I'm guessing Doug McDermott here is what what everyone's saying. Is that who you're all trying to trade for? But yeah, I don't think... um that's what anyone really, is that, is that the answer here? Um, I think they like their roster as is. You know, I think if you're making a trade, it's to clear a spot for EJ Liddell because they're very high on him and they had a first round grade on him. And you really heard it at that press conference, right? They scouted him like 20 plus times the past couple of years. They would have tried to draft him in the first round last year, potentially too. It really says how much they they were shocked that he was available there in the second round. And yeah. I think they really like him and want to clear a roster spot for him. So it's, if you make a trade, it's less about who you bring back and more about clearing room for e- EJ Liddell because I don't know if they're going to be able to sign him to a two-way unless it's two-way with a promise to convert him later. There's also questions about that, and you kind of worry about that. Fourth Avenue, I'm guessing that's entertainment, says, I actually like Jackson, LOL. You know, I, I like him in theory. You know, I was very high on him. In a mock draft we did that year, I drafted him for the Pelicans, not at eight later, but... He just hasn't shown it enough, you know, and mimicking the government says, to be fair to Jax, we failed him. All these coaches and roles, poor communication has led to Project being looked at like a bad player. But it's also on him, right? There's some off-court issues there, too, and who knows what those play into. And that stuff still needs to kind of play itself out a little bit. But also, he hasn't stepped up when being given the opportunity, right? He felt he, they gave him a rotation spot at the beginning of this year and he didn't play well. He did not play well. I don't know if the answer for him is playing him at the four versus the five, but when you get minutes, you have to make the most of it and he didn't and he fell out of the rotation. Similar to what happened the year before when you go in and out and in and out, that poor plays on him and just not being able to kind of. Get it right. There's times when he takes that personally, works on it, becomes a better player and plays well. I didn't think he was as bad in the playoffs as some people wanted to make him out to be, but certainly he's not good. And a lot of that is on him. A lot of that is being able to kind of be on him. Now, some of the the coaching stuff, yeah, of course, has impacted him, but everyone else has had to deal with that. And you're seeing some of those guys blossom. So, you know, I think when it comes to if they move on from him, yeah, it's, it's a combination of a lot of things, but don't, don't discount that like he just hasn't grown as a player. It's kind of as simple as that. That happens. Like It's the NBA. That happens very, very regularly. I think, unfortunately, more so than whatever we would want. So keep your questions coming here in the chat. We just talked about Kevin Durant Durant in the first segment. I don't think we want to touch on that anymore because really it doesn't sound like the Pelicans are interested in that. And I've got a couple shows I want to do probably next week at some point talking about Kevin Durant, but the Pelicans are the periphery of it and how this is going to impact whatever happens with him. And that will also eventually happen if he was ever traded too, and, and kind of what that goes into. And of course, we've got Summer League and all of that stuff coming up here next. So let's talk about that and keep answering your questions here in today's live episode of Locked On Pelicans. That's all going to be here next, coming up. But before we get to that, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. So you can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including Major League Baseball, MMA golf, boxing, whatever the biggest fights are, you can get all of that over at betonline.net because it's your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and any scores you want. They've also got podcasts and news for you to check out this season. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in the action over at betonline.net, betonline where the game starts. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We're here Monday through Friday for you all. No one else is doing that, giving you instant reactions to the things that are going on with this team, giving you the insight you want, whether it's Zion's extension, what that means for the team going forward, whether it was the draft, free agency, summer league coming up. And we're going to start previewing the season because, well it's going to be here before we know it. So I'm excited. I hope you're excited. Keep supporting the show. Over 5,000 subscribers. That is an insane number to me. That is really cool and just speaks to the passion that the Pels 12, the Pelicans fan base has. And of course, if you haven't seen it, go check out the episode yesterday with Antonio Daniels, or I guess one came out today, um, talking all things Zion and just about being excited for this team because this is really a victory lap for the Pelicans after he signed that five-year deal with no sort of uh, player option. And Woodwood says, Darion Sebron is really good. We'll see. Look, he was undrafted. That doesn't necessarily mean you're amazing, right? I think that is something to keep an eye on, right? He's very one-dimensional. He doesn't have a shot. He gets to the rim. He's got good size. I'm going to be curious to see him playing. I would like that he's on a two-way to get some team control over him, but let's not jump the gun just yet. He also says Carlo Makovic is becoming my favorite rookie. He does speak English, which is good. I didn't know that about him when I talked about kind of the benefits of a draft and stash guy. But he's going to be playing overseas, which I think is a little bit better for him than the NBA to start. And he should be getting a lot of minutes over there. And that's a guy that in two years maybe is probably the earliest they're looking at bringing him over. Could really be like a nice free agent signing for the Pelicans here. Um, so what are some of the other questions you might need to resubmit some of these? Cause I'm catching up on the chat. This, I don't know how streamers do this all the time. It's hard to like look at the camera and then look at the chat and then look at the camera. It's not the easiest thing to be able to do here though. Um, game says, I'm still worried about Dyson and EJ getting a contract. That's a good place to start. If we want to kind of switch to summer league, they're going to get contracts, right? I don't know what the holdup is with it, but I wouldn't worry about it. You know when You have heard the Pelicans brass talking, right? Trajan Langdon at the press conference introducing Dyson Daniels. All of the reporting, even from me, right? And that was sourced reporting. They loved, loved, loved Dyson Daniels. That was a big deal for them that he was available at eight. I don't know if they're like actively looking to trade him, right? They're not like, oh no, we got to move on from this guy. I think they were genuine when David Griffin said, you know, we're not necessarily looking to like really mix up this roster and we like what we have and we want to go forward with them. I think that was genuine. It's why we said in the beginning of this live show here, you know, are they maybe out on Kevin Durant, not interested in Kevin Durant, which is a crazy thing to say. I don't think the holdup is necessarily Kevin Durant. And I think at a certain point, the Pelicans are going to be like, this is our best offer. It might include Dyson Daniels. It might include some of the young guys. But I also think they realize they don't want to shed all the depth they had. And then this speaks to why everyone that I've talked to on Twitter, who's done it respectfully, has talked about not wanting to trade for Kevin Durant, right? It gives you a wider window to win a title right now, but it does take some of the longevity out of it. Your window might be three years. Okay, it's better window, but it's not a five-year window that you might have otherwise. And I'm not going to say it's a 10-year window. So that... Is something that they're keeping in mind because they are a small market, right? You can't necessarily retool, reload like the Lakers, like the Knicks try to do. You know, they really talk about how they want to build a sustainable winner. Well, young guys that you believe high in, that you develop, or how you build a sustainable winner. And so I don't think they would give up a ton of depth for Kevin Durant. They'd give some stuff up, but I don't think the reason they haven't signed him is because they're like an imminent Kevin Durant deal or anything like that. Could happen, certainly. But I don't think it's like the number one reason. It it could be for a variety of things, right? It could be a variety of things. I wouldn't read too much into why they haven't gotten that um, deal signed for Dyson Daniels. And then I think they're still trying to figure out exactly what to do with EJ Liddell. Maybe it's a two-way Maybe it's kind of like freeze him out a little bit and get him to sign a two-way deal. But you can also carry 20 guys on your roster right now and make cuts as you get in trades as you get closer to the season. So they could sign him. I think they want to, but they just aren't in a position to do that just yet. The second you sign EJ Liddell to a guaranteed NBA contract, let's say like what Herb Jones did, when you try and make a trade, well, teams know you have to make a trade for a roster spot, right? So you're offering them two guys for one in exchange. They're going to ask for a pick or they're going to ask for more assets, right? And you lose leverage in that negotiation. It could simply be that. It could simply be that, that they don't want to lose leverage in trade negotiations because teams know now they have 16 guys under contract. And so that could be a really big part of it. Jerseys. Darren says, when's the Pels summer league game tomorrow? 9 PM central is the first one taking on the Portland trailblazers. The, the schedule is out there. Um, Wiggy will, what would Dell Demps do? LOL. He, he would trade five picks basically for Rudy Gobert. He coached Rudy Gobert in Utah and now he's part of the Minnesota Timberwolves and just traded for Rudy Gobert. Trading five picks for a center is very much a Dell Demps move. Um, 992 Ross, says, Dyson is the perfect fit, especially his defense. Yes, I'm very very high on him. This was their guy. This was their guy. This is the guy they wanted, right? They really wanted him. They were hoping he was going to fall to 8. So, yeah, they really wanted Dyson Daniels. I don't think it's like, "Oh, let's let's move on from Dyson Daniels." I think they're really really excited about him and what um he could do. So, jerseys. Everyone's asked this. From what I know, what I've what I've and I've seen it, it's I don't know when it's going to be announced. I don't think you're getting the change for the whites that everyone wants for the city edition jerseys from this past year to be the new one where it says NOLA and it's kind of got like the Chevron, the pointiness to it. That, that I think is just like a one-year thing. I don't know if that'll really be around. I think maybe they'll consider that in the future, but I don't think you're seeing that right now you'll see another alternate change. It's not the Mardi Gras one. We've kind of seen some, some leaks of the alternate Mardi Gras one where it's got like the dark blue or dark black, or maybe it's black, black, not dark black, but black background. Um, and we'll see. But another alternate, you guys can kind of do the math on this, is getting some minor changes to it and it will look different. Um, I just don't know when that's going to be announced. Usually that's kind of like during the season, right? When they show off like the new jerseys and all of the stuff that they are going to be wearing when it comes to all of that Or like, Oh, we're breaking out the new ones. Here you go. And that's everything. So you'll see uh, some changes to all of that, but it's not like this big refresh that people are hoping for. I have seen them. They look good though. Um, One day I'll be able to get to talk more about the Jersey stuff because there's some really interesting stuff that goes on behind the scenes with that that I'm not allowed to talk about, but it's very cool. Some of that process and some of the things that they've like wanted to do and such. Um, So what other questions we got? There's no black and gold one. Um, I think they want to keep the identity separate from the Saints, though. They've got some things kind of in mind with with all of that stuff. So, yeah. So what other questions do you have here? We can go for a little bit longer here. Probably not at media day. I don't think you'll see that. Usually these kind of get announced like during it, right? Like the city edition jerseys all kind of come out at once during the season and it kind of gets some hype going and things like like that. So um, I think that's really exciting. Sorry, just got a text that could be important, Um, which I'll look for in a minute here. so, yeah, black and gold could be cool, but I don't think you're going to see that. You're going to see some slight changes, and it sounds like we're getting a new Mardi Gras jerseys here. I don't know when they will completely refresh them. They'll do that eventually, but I think they kind of are fine with them and everything. I see someone says tra- trade gram right now. I'm sure they want to. I just don't think you can really find a deal done. And of course, the DUI complicates it slightly, but, or sorry, DWI, but not significantly. Um, I see a lot of people asking about. Kevin Durant and Zion, as I said, I don't think they're looking to trade Kevin Durant right now or anything like this. John Butler is a name that's come up a lot. I just saw his name go through the chat here. You know, he could be a guy they look for on the other two-way, right? They still have that option option open. I think they're hoping for that to maybe go to E.J. Liddell, but I don't think that you're really going to I, I think EJ Liddell really wants to have a full NBA contract. Certainly his agency. Does as well. But John Butler, I'm going to be very interested. People seem very, very high on him. You heard Jaron Collins, the summer league head coach for the team, talk very, very highly about him. I like that. You want these guys to impress and show they belong. It sounds like he's doing that. And the Pelicans have had a lot of success with those two way deals, right? Going back to, was Kenrich on one? I can't remember, but Najee definitely was. Then he got an NBA deal. Last year was Jose Alvarado kind of following in the same mold. That was a big thing. They can do that again. They're kind of running out of roster spots to be able to do it with. And they'll need to make some trades. But it's an option for the future at the end of the season, which I think is really, really good. I don't know where Griff said Kyra isn't going anywhere, but he's not going anywhere because no one would want to trade for him because of the injury here comes from Reed Wilson here. Um, Joshua says, Jake, we're going to the finals next year. I hope, you know how cool that would be to be able to cover a finals team? Um, Magswolia Lifting, anyway, that's a good name. Any way to get Seth Curry? Yeah, this is something I want to talk about next week, right? Like the kind of like tangents and side things when it comes to a Kevin Durant deal that doesn't directly involve him coming to the Pelicans, right? Could they be a third team? that swoops in and gets a player? Absolutely, right? Like, could you get Seth Curry because you need to make the money work and the Nets need to ship out a certain amount for whatever deal's really going down? Like, yeah, I think that's something that you could do, if, especially if you're also shipping out multiple players. They've got picks that make that work. That is definitely something that could easily, easily happen um, for this team. And I think that's that's an option for all of that. GZ GoHard says, how are we going to make this roster spot though? Probably in a trade like that. You know, again, that could get done a day or two before the season starts. That could get done during training camp. There's no need to make this happen right now. And so I don't think they're too stressed about it. I think they just don't want to sign EJ Liddell to that contract because, well... It means they're going to lose leverage in trade negotiations. Guy, I'm looking, I saw that question in there. I lost it here, so I can't shout out your name. But guy, most looking forward to seeing in Summer League is most definitely Dyson Daniels. He said all the right things. You know, I like the G League Ignite experience. I think that's a really good path for guys to show off how good they are and get some really solid experience going into the NBA. And I like how kind of selfless he is. There's only one ball, and you've got a lot of mouths to feed right now in Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, and CJ McCollum. If you can get those guys the ball, be a connector, create for others, that's a good way to find a place in this rotation. I'm really excited about his wingspan, you know, uh, or his size, right? Six, seven and a half, six, eight, and a really strong wingspan. That's a great option for New Orleans to have because someone just said, how is this starting lineup going to defend? When you look at it and go through it, right? CJ is a net negative on defense. Herb Jones is like a solid A, if not an A plus. Brandon Ingram's average, right? I don't I don't think he's a net negative anymore, but he's probably just kind of a neutral there. Zion's a negative. I think JV's fine in certain situations, but can definitely be a concern in drop coverage in defending out on the perimeter. So that's it. Up a subpar defensive starting lineup. So you're going to need these subs to come in and kind of make an impact on that. Dyson Daniels can help with that. Jose Alvarado is going to be able to help with that too, I think. And I don't know if it's always going to be the starting lineup is what's great defensively. They need to just be kind of average. If they can be in the top 20, I think that's a big win for this team. And I think Dyson Daniels helps with that. So watching how he's used defensively, they talked about using him at five At the center spot, I'm kind of intrigued by all of that, right? How is Trey Murphy going to do there too? He defended Evan Mobley really well last year. Are they going to use him as a small ball five? Is he a guy that's going to see a real uptick in minutes? And he should. And is he going to help be kind of a defensive stopper while being that sniper that you need from three as well? So there's a lot of options for New Orleans to be a good enough defensive team. But their offense, it's an offensive driven league. It's an offensive-driven league, and they should be a top-five offense. There should be really no question about that—that that they are potentially going to be a top-five offense. And I think that's going to be a, a really great thing. Don't don't yell in the chat if I don't read your thing right away. It's okay. We're trying to answer all of these. Please come on, you guys. Um, that's the one thing I hate in here. We'll, we'll get to what we can, and sometimes the conversation doesn't doesn't go in that direction here. Um, comfortable views ask: Can Bi and Zion both make All Star? Yeah, and look. I've talked a lot about, I call it Zion 2.0, right? Zion 2.0, because he's a different player right now, right? He's a different player right now. He's more bought in than he ever has been before. He did fall asleep in film. He did skip things. There was active questions within this franchise of, has he played his last game? That has been heavily reported kind of everywhere, right? Well, You're less worried about that now. And that's a really good feeling because he's more bought in than ever before. And he also has 40 million extra dollars on the line to be really good next year. So, yeah, he absolutely can make an all-star game alongside Brandon Ingram. There's no reason for those guys not to. Um, Someone asked, why is Herb Jones not playing in Summer League? He doesn't need to. He started for you all last season. He's fine. He doesn't need to play. You'll only see Jose Alvarado probably play two games. Najee doesn't really need to do it too. Neither does Trey. It's just a little bit of run for those guys, but they've kind of proven that they're better than a summer league team and they don't need to kind of be put into that mix with everything. What's the ceiling for this Pelicans team? You know, I think you could look at them realistically getting towards the fourth seed. I don't, you know, four or five, somewhere in that range, I think. Probably being a little, maybe, no, I think that's about right. You know, the Suns are still going to be there. The Warriors are still going to be there. Memphis is still going to be there. I think the Denver Nuggets are a big wild card with them. Healthy is MPJ healthy. How does uh, Jamal Murray look coming back from that injury with Jokic too? I love the signing of Bruce Brown for them. I think that could be a really good team and a bit of like a sleeping giant. I think Dallas takes a little bit of a step back, but that top of the West is still very, very... Um, competitive. So it's going to be tough for this team that's still integrating Zion back in and kind of going through some things and has a couple of questions defensively about it to necessarily be a top three seed. But you you could see them getting four, five definitely, certainly out of the play in tournament, and they should be better than all of that. Um, Braden Olson says 200 people here is crazy. When we went live after the draft, after they drafted Dyson Daniels and I did a live show over the like 40 minutes we did on that. And we got to wrap it up here soon because it's going a little bit long. Um, 2000 different people stopped by 2000 different people stopped by to watch that show at some point. That is an insane number. And that speaks to all of you, right? I think my show's good enough. I don't think I'm amazing at this necessarily, but it's definitely good enough. But you're not tuning in for that. You're tuning in because you have a lot of passion about this team. And you're excited. And I love seeing that from this fan base. And it's been a lot of fun. So why the league is on notice about the Pelicans and taking them seriously is a lot because of y'all. And the message that you all are sending. I think that's a really cool thing. And again, sending a big message around the league, around the NBA. That's not easy to do in a small market. Y'all are definitely doing it. So let, let's end on that. Let's end on a positive note. As Antonio Daniel said, if you haven't watched that show, go watch that one. He is awesome. As always, that was so much fun. Um, if you really want to get hyped for next season, that's going to be great. Um, oh, that's a good question from Jim Selmer here, Kelmer here. Um, how how much can Coach Green improve next year? That's going to be its own show. We're probably going to talk about that. Like It'll be its own 20-minute show a little bit closer to the regular season. That's something I've already uh, talked about. And Yeah. Well, it's exciting time to be a Pelicans fan because he definitely does have room to grow and he can be better. And he's as important to this team as anyone else. So that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Pelicans, this live episode of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all so much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nolajake on Twitter. We do these every Thursday, 6 p.m. Central. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, So make sure you tune in next week. More shows coming for you all next week as well. Summer League starts. Go pals. All right. As always, Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with y'all on Monday.